Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phineas Club, episode number 78 for November 2016. Oh boy, here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. My name is Patrick Beja and this show is a safe space for everyone to express their feelings. And uh, honestly, I, I have no idea how this show is going to go. Um, I've been losing sleep over not only what's been happening, but also and more importantly, how... Am I going to be doing a... Uh, how is it possible for me to do a fair job uh, on this episode? Obviously, it's it's very complicated. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that I'm going to be able to satisfy everyone in the audience. I am certainly going to try, and I've certainly been um, doing my best to get a fair and accurate picture of um, what the situation is and try to relate uh, my feelings about this and our feelings about this uh, to the audience. So we'll see how it goes. As always, we're going to do our best. I hope um, everyone is uh, uh, going to be a little bit, have a little bit of indulgence for how this goes. Uh, but anyway, let's let's jump into it and see what happens. Uh, as I said, my name is Patrick Beja. Usually we have our good friend uh, Turkey from Saudi Arabia, and he was really looking forward to being on the show today. Unfortunately, um, evil kidney stones have attacked his body and uh, he's doing fine he's recovering but he couldn't be on the show he was scheduled and everything um so before the show started we were discussing whether or not we should blame you know we should blame trump already starting saying thanks trump or if it was still thanks obama era or whether or not matthias on on this side of the show was saying it's probably thanks hillary because if we want to blame people um but so yeah let's introduce the guests uh first of all matthias from Germany. How are you doing, sir? Hello, everyone from rainy and great Germany. I'm doing fine. But then again, uh, the weather here is awful these days. So uh, that doesn't help the mood, really. But then again, that's in theme with everything that's happened last week. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to uh, to say about this and uh, how, how things have been uh, discussed in Germany. Um, on the other side of the panel is from South Africa, Paolo, who's joining us. How are you doing, Paolo? Hi, Patrick. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on the show. Um, things are going pretty well here, getting lots of rain in South Africa, which is keeping us out of a drought. So things are looking good over here. Nice. Excellent. Yes, you are in that other hemisphere where it's now getting into summer, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting quite hot these days. Uh, and finally, a first comer on the show, uh, Owen J.J. Stone, uh, is with us today. Uh, and I'm really thankful for, for having you for providing us with an American perspective uh, that will hopefully be, I, I don't know, enlightening or at least interesting, right? That's what we can hope for in this debate. At least it's got to be interesting. Uh, how are you doing, Owen? Uh, I'm good. This is America. There is no safe space. So get over that. This is America. We out here, pew, pew, and ready to roll. So get all that safe space stuff. Those days are over. 
So can you tell us, uh, we're, we're going to be talking, we're going to have a, a few minutes each to uh, tell everyone in the audience how we uh, feel about all of this and what we think. But first, since you're, uh, it's your first time on the show, can you tell us a little bit about yourself so uh, the audience, the listeners uh, can, can get a picture of who you are? Uh, I am a serial entrepreneur. I like to not work as much as possible. Uh, I co-own um, a couple of small businesses. They're UPS stores. They're franchises. I also do digital marketing, web development, all that social media bull s that uh, people sit around and do for funsies. Um, I love the internet. I love people. I love my kid. I love to travel. I love the world. Germany is one of my favorite places. So shout out to Germany since we got a German on board. Yeah. Um, just a regular. Uh, oh yeah, and I'm black because you can't see me. Um, we can hear you though. So my name you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my name's Owen. So you have no idea how many times I show up to interviews and they look at me like Omar, and I'm like, no, nah, it's Owen. Like it's me. I'm black. <laughs> Owen. Owen is a very Caucasian name. So uh, sometimes people hear my name and they're like surprised when they find out that I am a black male. Well, uh, for for me, maybe that's stereotyping, but your accent definitely sounds uh, black. So. I guess that there's that. Oh, de definitely, because I don't. I don't have to pretend when I'm talking to you. I can just be myself. <laughs> so can you can you do a Caucasian <laughs> accent when when you have to? Is that what you're saying? Well, Patrick, actually, that's one of the things that some people need to do when they need to get a job or an interview or perhaps do something outside of their nature. But for me, I don't find it that important to have to do it all the time. But uh, wow. yeah, I, I welcome guy. I welcome everyone's authenticity. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, as I was saying, we're going to take a few minutes each um, to try and tell uh, everyone how we uh, feel and what we think about this whole thing. It's been uh, since I mean, we are going to talk about other things than the American election uh, towards the end of the show. I do think, however, that it's uh, obviously unavoidable that we want to discuss this topic. Uh, very uh, important everywhere around the world, I think, um, definitely for us. And it's not, let's not pretend like it, it isn't. And um, so we'll see how much we'll talk about other things. But I suspect that maybe some of the other things are going to be related. Some of the uh, news topics that have been dominating the headlines, even when they are about our local countries, uh, might have something to do with the, the shock of the American election. Um, so yeah, we're going to take a few minutes each to talk about this, and uh, and then we'll have a little bit of a, of a free-form discussion. Um, so I'll go first, because it's my damn show, and I do whatever I want, and uh, so please indulge me for a, f for a few minutes. Um, I think I'm going to... Uh, uh, again, I thought a lot about this, so uh, I, I hope I'm going to do a good job, but I think I'm going to piss off a lot of uh, Trump voters initially, and then possibly piss off a lot of uh, Clinton voters after that. But hopefully by the end of it, we'll, we'll all agree on a few things. Um, so please wait for the end of it before you just, you know, throw your iPhone on the ground and decide that I'm a horrible uh, uh, partisan who can't see the, the reality for what it is. Um, all right. Let's get into it. First, I want to say a couple of words about uh, sexism and racism. There's a lot being discussed about this, and I think it's kind of undisputable that racism has played a part 
in this election. I think on the uh, Trump side, the racist factions of the American uh, uh, population have rallied around Uh, the Donald Trump candidacy. And I think it would be very disingenuous to pretend like that's not the case. Now, uh, I also think that it's important to recognize that not every voter who voted for Trump has that uh, core, that racism as the core of their identity might be over, over, uh, uh, over playing it. But a lot of people argue that there is, if you voted for Trump with everything he's been saying, you are tacitly endorsing the racist things that, that he has been saying. And I think there's an element of truth to that. But when we'll talk about this a little bit more in, in just a minute, I think it's very easy to overstate that element. And it's a trap in which we have all fallen on, on the liberal side over and over again. And it's important to not keep doing that anymore. Um, on the sexism side, I do still believe that there is an element of sexism in the uh, sentiment that goes towards Hillary. I don't think it's, you know, people thinking, I hate women, and they should all stay at home and not work. I don't think that's it. But I do think there's an element of people judging her more harshly than they would have judged a man in the exact same position. Um, now, I'm less sure about that than I am about the racism thing. Um, I have been uh, drifting towards this being less of an element in uh, her being disliked than I was in the, part, in the past. So I still think it did play a role, but maybe not as much of a role as I initially thought. Um, so that's for the racism and sexism part. The, on the on the racism, if we go back to that for a second, um, I was placing way too much emphasis on that. I there's been a lot of rethinking of how I perceived the landscape, which I think a lot of people in the audience was is going to say exactly. We've been saying this to you for months, and you didn't listen, and. This is part of the, you know, media, and I hate to to phrase it like this, but liberal elites not seeing what was really happening. And certainly that's the case. No, I mean, it's, again, if you're not admitting that a, l- a large part of um, the the world didn't realize what was happening, you're dangerously lying to yourself. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who were voting for Trump for the things we were fearing and are still fearing. But if you're not realizing now, at this point, that that was not the only element and that a major part of uh, the vote for Trump was of a different nature, then not only are you, you know, doing a disservice to yourself you're in danger of, and we're in danger of not understanding what happened and then letting it happen again. And what I mean by that, by that is that there's a large part of middle America, you know, the Rust Belt and the, and the, you know, the Midwest and all of this, where the situation is dire. 
And I've been staying away for, for, from uh, American media for a little bit, or at least, you know, the TV shows and TV uh, programs. I've, I had been watching, uh, you know, MSNBC, Comedy Central, Fox. I had been trying to get, you know, a relatively diverse sample of the American media. I, had, I have stopped doing that for the past 15 days and started watching these again today, only today. And it, it was a little bit painful to to see especially the liberal media sort of admitting like painfully that maybe there was something else than racism and then brushing it off the side off to the side immediately after that and then you know making the jokes that we usually do and all of this but i do think that in in a large part it was a lot of people who were expressing anger and despair at the fact that they have no prospect. And this is a result of globalization. And you can say that you're going to bring, you know, American, American economy to a better, you know, that the American economy has been going better, as we said in this show in, on the last episode. And I think it's mostly true. But for those who have been disenfranchised, who live in a small town where they had a factory or a store that was the economic center of the town and that thing has disappeared because the jobs have been going off to China and to India, it doesn't matter to you that in New York and California, things are going swimmingly. And I get now that it is infuriating and, and tone deaf and just, you know, deaf and blind when you're a hipster drinking your hipster coffee with your hipster Mac in your hipster, uh, 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 you know, dot com company going like the, you know, gay rights and, and transgender toilet uh, uh, separation and, you know, fighting on all of these these issues, which are incredibly important to me. They are something that I, I would, you know, fight for. But when you see this and you have someone who's barely scraping by and who who has the prospect of their children not being able to do anything to to have better lives than they do, then that doesn't matter to you as much. It's so far removed when we talk about Black Lives Matter, which do matter. I don't want to diminish that. But anyway, so I think this is what we missed and it is an important element that is appealing to the far right and the far left and if the, if the the liberal the democrats don't see this then it's going to happen again and it's important it is genuine issues that we're not seeing um and it's infuriating that people are still refusing to see it i have friends of mine dear friends of mine who are disc who have been discussing this uh about this on twitter who just get so angry that anytime we i say something that you know trying to explain i've um sorry i'm taking a little bit longer than i thought i would i apologize to my co-hosts but i've uh, published a list of articles that i thought were in, really interesting on all of these issues and the the democratic sh issues and you know all of this on uh the frenchspin.com blog so if you want to read them it will take you a couple of hours i think it will change your mind on a lot of things if you haven't seen all of this already but um I would discuss these things and discuss things that the Trump voters were saying about racism and about being tired of being treated a certain way, which 
even if you don't agree with, you have to hear it. And some of my friends were going like, blah, racism, and just blocking people left and right on Twitter. You can't do that, you know? And you can't dismiss out of hand this entire movement because it's we've seen it in the UK, in the US. We see it everywhere because there are issues with the 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 globalism that has disenfranchised a lot of people who don't know what to do anymore. They voted for Obama in 2008, in 2012, some of them at least. They voted for Obama. They wanted hope. They wanted change. And no hope and no change came. And all of a sudden, you have a race where you have, on one hand, Clinton, which is saying everything is going to remain the same. You voted for this guy and that guy. You thought it was going to change things. Nothing changed. I'm going to do the same thing. And on the other hand, this, you know, crazy guy who's throwing everything up in the air and going like, I understand your suffering and I will make it better. It doesn't matter that he's not making sense. It doesn't matter that maybe the Ku Klux Klan is endorsing him. It doesn't matter to you because you are frustrated and angry and you want something to happen. Um, all right. Very quickly, the last part of it. He won. Uh, I understand the frustration over the Electoral College and the popular vote, but you don't get to remake the rules after the game has been played. Maybe you don't like the Electoral College, and there are many reasons to dislike it, but he still won. He won decisively. And it's you can protest now. I understand the urge to make your voice heard, to maybe keep them in check, but saying that he shouldn't have won... I think is taking it a, pr a step too far. It's unfair. And this is democracy. Democracy is agreeing on a set of rules. And then when someone wins, you accept it. And this is why it was so horrifying uh, to hear Trump say, you know, I don't know if I'll accept the results. It was, and it is frustrating to hear him say that and then have to accept it. And then, you know, probably if he had lost, all of the people who are saying, oh, stop being so butthurt, you should accept that he won, probably they would not have, have accepted that Clinton had won if she had. Agreed. Still, he did win, and the adult thing to do, the responsible thing to do is to accept that this is democracy. That's how it works. In two years and four years, you'll have a chance to make your voice heard again. Um and finally, um, I, the, the part that gives me hope beyond maybe giving him a chance, which I, ha I have concerns about, but, you know, um, I think we still, to an extent, should do. The thing that gives me hope is that the, the things I'm seeing in the population in the U.S. and elsewhere is things that are the premises of violent protests and revolutions, you know, and in France, we know a thing or two about revolutions. Um, and, you know, in, in, the, the, in Russia, for example, when they had the, their revolution, after that, we realized we need to keep everyone in the... We need to pay attention to everyone in the country. The reason the rich people were paying attention to the poor people was that they realized if you don't you get in Europe, I mean, if you don't, you get that. You get a revolution. And maybe, I'm hoping, we have evolved, evolved to a point where when there is a sentiment of despair that reaches the heights that we are seeing now, we 
don't get a revolution, but we get a vote that is as upsetting as this one has been for some of us. And this is democracy working. This is democracy funneling a revolutionary anger into a contestatory, uh, a contestatory <laughs> vote in a democratic manner. And I think this is important. So I don't know what's going to happen over the next you know, months and years, but that is a, a whole other story. I'm sure we'll get to it. Sorry for taking it so long, but I've been obsessing about this for 10 days. So I hope I at least got my uh, feelings across. And now uh from let's let's go to owen um because you know you're in the middle of this whole thing <laughs> so what's your take on this on all of it well let me uh unpack all that stuff you just said uh let me preface it by i'm an independent i'm not a republican i'm not a democrat if i had a gun to my head i'd choose democrat over republican but thankfully nobody's got a gun to my head I get yelled at by people that are Trump supporters and Hillary supporters. Let me start with Hillary. Long story short, she's not a winner. She's been given everything. Very smart woman, educated woman, great. But she was a first lady. Then she gets her Senate seat because a young Kennedy died in a plane crash. He was going to win that. She wasn't going to win that. Then she loses to a man named Barack Hussein Obama. When we're out here looking for an Obama or an Osama, who's the most wanted man in the world. She lost to a black dude with that name in America. So don't talk to me about racism. Secondly, after that, she got appointed her secretary job. She hasn't really done or really earned anything. One man died in a plane crash. She lost to another guy. Then she got given an appointment. And guess what? She lost to another guy. She's a loser. That's the bottom line. She's not charismatic. It's not about, you can say sexism all you want to. I get that part of it, and that has a lot to do with a lot of things. But she's just a boring person. Barack Hussein Obama is a charismatic dude. People that voted for him came out and voted for Trump. So, yes, there's racism. I'm black. I've lived with my whole life. That's why I'm not worried about this election. So I'm not worried about Trump. I don't care which president is. People of my ilk have grown up with different presidents, the sick dogs, the fire hoses on people. Guess what? We made it. We still here. We got Puff Daddies and Jay-Zs and, and Denzel Washingtons now. So we're going to be all right. Okay. When, when the stock market crashes, I can go look it up. Dollars to donuts. No black guys are jumping out the window to kill themselves. A lot of white guys doing that because that's how they got all their money wrapped up in it. So people of uh, of my ilk, brown, Latino, uh, gays, lesbians, I mean, as much as they have fear in their heart, guess what? We've lived our whole lives with fear in our heart. So when, when white people that are good white people come out and say racism, I'm sitting there thinking like, you really don't even know what racism is, but you just want to say that word. I got my own friends defending me on my Facebook against other white friends that I've slept with. I'm like, how is she racist? I've had sex with that woman and she's white. But you want to come and tell her she's racist, she doesn't care about me? You don't know. You just put these simple labels on people, and it makes you lazy. That's part of the reason why you lost. The other part of the reason is because you had a crappy candidacy. Two horrible people that nobody wanted to come out for. Half the country sat at home. Uh, uh, women, uh, Half the women voted for Trump because their husband got vitalized. You know how many uh, white males came home from a Trump rally and, and wanted to throw their wife over the bed and they had no loving in like years? They're like, oh, what happened? Just died. I went over there to that <laughs> Trump rally, brother, and we just, oh, I tell you what, that he going to bring jobs back, girl. We're going we, we to get off this welfare because most white people in America are welfare more than any other nationality. So that's you're, you're, numbers, you're saying that here, right? women voted for Trump because it made their husband have sex with them. 
I like. Uh, I, yeah, it made him happy. No, I, I like it. Made yeah, happy I like it. I like it. It, it, it made it. Okay, let's put it this way: if you're sitting, especially if you're in the South and you're and you're and you don't have a job, right? And you m- motivate, which is mostly a male a populace that you saw in those things, and then you come home. And you're finally excited about politics. Think about people that never really cared about politics because they're all snakes and sharks. Here's somebody say basic common things. All politicians are snakes. I, I call Trump the idiot. I call Hillary the snake. They're, they all have problems. But when a guy talks to you and, and when his double talk is normal, you know, Hillary Clinton, you say, Hillary, did you shoot four people yesterday? She'll talk for 45 minutes and have you forget what the question was. <laughs> Donald Trump's like, I didn't shoot anybody. Yeah, I shot people. Done. That's the end of the answer. And people can understand that and they don't feel like the person's dodging that. So they relate to that. So I went when, when people say, oh, they're all racist and deplorable. And I was like, look, Hillary and Trump are the same person. I'll explain it to you like this. One wants to ban Muslims. One has no problem bombing Muslims. We don't talk about the five nations that we're dropping drones on that the president, Barack Hussein Obama, loved the guy. He's the coolest guy. But, I mean, you got a Nobel Peace Prize, and you didn't go through Congress or the Senate, and you're bombing places. Oops, we hit a mosque. Oops, we hit a school. Oops, we just hit this random village by accident. Okay, I don't understand why well, this is people war. think that they're so different. I mean— uh, 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 No, 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 no. W- war's cool and all. But we also have checks and balances. These are wars that this president used his special mighty powers that he promised in his Hopi Changey that Bush had too much power and he was going to take back. He did not take it back. He extended five more places to bomb. That's a fact. Bottom line, dollars to donuts. I understand it's war, but I'm just saying she wants to continue that bombing. So what do you want to do? You want to get banned or do you want to get bombed? Um, she, she's talking about, oh, she's going to do so much for minorities. When? When she was helping her husband uh, do the crime bill is for the last 25 years has put one in four black males in jail, uh, two out of six brown people in jail for nonviolent offenses for 40 plus year sentences. I mean, which one is it? Is it the 2013 Hillary that said uh, uh, marriage should be between a man and a woman? Or is it 2015 Hillary when Obama passes like, yeah, free love for everybody. I don't know which one I'm getting. Just to interrupt for just a second, I'm sorry, I know you let me speak, but it's really interesting But but because I think a lot of people listening would say, oh, but, you know, the, the Republicans would have supported going to war or have would have done this or would have done that. And I think what you're illustrating is that Trump really isn't a Republican. I mean, we know it intellectually, no. but you're sort of explaining this. He's not a Republican and you can blame the the faults of his party on him doesn't change the fact that people who voted for him didn't see him as a continu- continuation of the Republican Party, right? And, and exactly, and the perspective that he gives off to people. And like I said, people always try to dumb it down to things to say he's so much worse. Owen, in 1973, he he was sued by black people that he wouldn't let stay in their apartment. And I'm like, okay, so in the 70s, she was a Goldwater girl. Oh, well, forgive Hillary. Well, I can't forgive him for right after they just let black people have all their rights that he still was a little bit racist back then. Or or, is she the only one that can change? She's the only one that can say something that's deplorable in 2010 or whatever, and then and, and five years later, flip it, and it's okay for her, but it's not for him. Again, well, he for anybody listening, deplor- I know quote unquote deplorable I, things in this campaign as well, right? The Mexicans are uh, again, racist I, things. I was, I, I was just about to say that. I, mm. I, I was going to add the fact that, yes, he still continues to say dumb things. 
But at the end of the day, if if you wanted to excuse him for anything, you could say when he says they're they're not sending their best. Well, technically, no one's sending anybody to um, come in illegally. You know, it's like the Mexican president says, hey, go sneak into that country and go rape and kill <laughs> People, they don't send them there, but people do come here to hide and harbor themselves from their countries and things like that. So if he if he had anybody who put a filter in his brain, he could have said the same things he was saying and gotten away with it. He wanted to build a wall. Oh, I can't believe he wants to build a wall. Hillary Clinton voted for a barrier and a wall twice, like voted for. It. It's on her record. And then as soon as he comes out and says, he says, oh, we shouldn't have a wall. We should have open barriers and then. So, again, politicians are all the same, but these people in the South and in the Midwest wanted someone who spoke regular language that they could get behind. Because four years ago, people in the South would have looked at him and said, who's this city slicker, idiot, billionaire, doofus? We don't want to hear nothing from him. But when you got somebody who's not talking to you or listening to you and he comes down, and says, oh, shucks, and, and, and gives you some trucker cap, you feel like he's talking your language. So people really need to pay attention to how they like the thing you were saying about blocking people and cutting people off and just dismissing everyone as racist is childish. And if you the thing is, people tell me they're going to be so much better. Everybody's putting out these Melania pictures of her when she was naked. Look at this first. I was like, look, how is that not sexist? That woman had a job. Her job was modeling. That was her job. And who are you to judge any woman or man's job that they choose to take to put food on their table? She wasn't hurting anybody. Nobody forced her to do it. She does her own thing. But everybody wants to malign this woman out. I'm like, how are you better than the people that you said you were better than? We're you not know, that's right what Everybody's acting childish. That, that is what is, is striking me. I think, I mean, I honestly, if you want to hear the bottom of my heart, I do think that the faults we're talking about are more present in the Republican Party than the, uh, you know, Democratic Party. I do think that, you know, it's like the no fake doubt. news. No doubt. There are, you know, lots of fake news on the on the left and, you know, twice as many on the right. All right, that that is true. However, I'm discovering the extent to which the left is guilty of the same issues that I fa- find deplorable on the right and again i think it is less but it still exists and what irks me is that i'm seeing some of my friends being guilty of those things it's it's painful to to see but i don't know yeah anyway sorry finish can i I ask you a question sorry uh, i'm just curious do you not feel like this is an election of between two evils here like because the way you're painting it it seems very much like you choose either you're damned but in in from an outside perspective it seems like well this is the lesser of two evils is 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 that not how you feel or you just feel like it's it's it doesn't matter either way oh it it definitely um it definitely is the lesser two evils again personally I take the idiot over the Warhol Hillary. Like Hillary, I got to worry about everybody's talking about all this Russia stuff. I got to worry about World War Three with Hillary because this woman just advocates for war. She's all about war, and that's, you, th- you really you know think I mean? so? Uh, you really? I think know that's... so. I, I she suggested that we go and take out what's his face and who's his face. Like we took out a couple dictators and it worked out so well for us. She yeah, went and, and gave that recommendation to the president. And then you have a Canada two thing. Uh, well, we should use use the nukes if we have them. On the other hand, so how is that any better okay. than uh, World okay. War Three? So, so, 
Okay, so okay, so again, Donald Trump says a whole lot of stuff that, regardless, okay, if you if you listen to the guy, he stood on a Republican panel in front of fifteen other Republicans and said, "Planned Parenthood does good things for women. We need to support Planned Parenthood." And you could literally see Ted Cruz's head almost explode. They're like, "Bro, (laughs) that's not how we get down." What? 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 You can't say that. So. When we, you got to take what he says as a grain of salt. He's saying things as force to to get a reaction, to get the free media that he was doing. He's he's a mastermind in getting free marketing. That's what he was doing when he said that stuff. So yeah, uh, okay. He said we're gonna go to China and whatever, whatever. You know what China's gonna do? China's gonna be like, um, so we, we got a bill, right? And you guys can't pay it. So talk to me when you could afford to pay this tab. Go ahead and sit at the table, little kid. The same way people treat Kim Jong, whatever, that's how they're going to treat Trump for like the next four years. They're going to say, oh, okay, cool. We'll talk about that when you get some money. When yeah, you guys get again, some money. He doesn't have a track record, so his word is all we have to go on. I think, I think that's, that's the issue. He has said – he has held every position on every issue – you know every side of the issue. Yes, he has. Right. So you, it's it's worrisome at one, uh, you know, on one hand because you don't know what he thinks. On the other hand, it's it, I can absolutely understand how it gives people because we're still talking. I think people about how could people who vo- the 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 bewilderment on our side is how could people who voted for him have voted for him when X Y and Z. It's obvious you can't vote for him, and yet they did. And the the reaction we get naturally is, oh well, it's because they're they're racists. And I think what we're both trying to unpack, uh, Owen and me, is actually it's not. And on the argument that you know he said he wanted to use the nuke, I think the people who voted for him maybe wrongfully so i i honestly don't think it's wrongfully so but they thought well he's not gonna do it just like they thought he's not actually gonna build a wall you know it sounds it's it's probably us on the left side going like oh my god he wants to build a wall this is insane what the what are you thinking and we're like the childish ones thinking taking him literally and the other people are thinking this is, of course, he's not going to do it. It doesn't, you know, it's posturing. So they don't take it into account, right? Barack Obama told me he was going to close Guantanamo Bay. Barack Obama told me that the president had too much power. He started wars under false flags and that he was going to give that power back to the states and and this uh, uh, Senate and the Congress like he, like it should be. Guess what? He didn't do those two things. There's a whole bunch I, of other things I can list off to you. I'm just saying there's a whole lot of other things I can list off to you. But I think the, the issue you, there you, is I that can, he didn't do them. I can compare them, the two of but, – But he didn't do them because the Republican Party blocked him, right? Didn't yeah. and and that's the frustration frustrating thing there. It's that the Republican Party has blocked everything he's been trying to do for you know six to eight years, and then they're saying, "Oh, but the government is broken," or "Oh, he didn't do this or that." And I understand that impulse to think, you know. He also got to start five new uh, drone wars too, without anybody blocking him. There's a whole lot of things that he did. I, it just amazes me. I I understand how. I I just want to simplify politics in general. So it's a good tactic to say the Republicans wouldn't let me do it, but then you have the power to do whatever you want and kill people. I don't understand. I I I fully understand. I'm just saying. I'm, again, I'm speaking from a concept of these people that are in rural America mm-hmm. that look at somebody and say, again, a lot of Obama voters voted for this guy. 
And what were they thinking? Yeah. What this guy says something they don't they don't believe everything he says. So even when you worry about what Trump says, I don't I can't believe because he's now he's a politician. I, he's going to drain the swamp. How much of this swamp draining is he going to do? Again, dude, they they flip flop. I'm not I'm not living in fear. It, it might be my blackness, but I don't live in fear of some words that somebody says because most people you know day to day don't keep their word. So. Donald Trump right. doesn't just get to do whatever he wants to do. It's mm. like the same with the generals. We're going to torture people. The generals like, no, we're not. Okay, well, let's see who wins that. Mm. All right, if he let's, said that, uh, if he actually said to do that. Yeah, he, he yeah he said a bunch of things, and then the 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 military was concerned because they it would be in violation of uh, uh, you know the yeah, Geneva international law. In, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let, let's move to Matias, uh, and then we'll go to Paolo. This is turning a lot longer than I thought, but I think it's it's really interesting and it's worth it. So, Matias, your your uh, your turn. Yeah, the reactions in Germany. Well, everything that has been discussed has been discussed over here as well, but, and uh, since then it has shifted towards the whole fake news uh, attitude and uh, stuff. But uh, I'm gonna concentrate a bit on a different angle, because uh, for us, of course, the foreign policy aspect has been the most important uh, aspect of this whole president, uh, presidency and election. But uh, the reactions over here were basically disbelief, especially since every poll predicted that Hillary would win this. And uh, the whole campaign has been somewhat bizarre for us here. Uh, for example, if you mentioned the Pepe Mame thing, that's just bizarre. And uh, on the other hand, um, it was <laughs> such a hostile, if not the most hostile race we have ever experienced. And uh, for us, that made this campaign weird as it was. And then with this outcome, it's even more so. And uh, when it became clear that Trump got the necessary votes, you could hear the sound of millions of foreheads simultaneously hitting the desk over here and <laughs> everybody asking, what the... Sorry, I'm... No, I, I think this, um, you're <laughs> describing the reaction of everyone in the world, including, you know, many of uh, many of the U.S. Uh, and, you know, everywhere. I think that that was similar. Yeah, because uh, most people expected Hillary to win and wanted Hillary to win. Well, given the choice between Trump and Hillary, because uh, a lot of people actually would have preferred Bernie Sanders, I guess, uh, for obvious reasons with the uh, policy and stuff. But uh, given the choice. Everyone would have chosen. Most people would have been chosen. Would have been in favor of Hillary, but uh, many people over here actually had election night parties, and uh, for them the mood grew darker and darker as the night went on. And I myself, I woke up at around six in the morning, and uh, even then the race was decided but it wasn't looking very good for uh, hillary and uh, if you looked at the tv coverage for example everyone seemed depressed even uh, all the experts all the uh, tv people everyone seemed tired depressed and in utter disbelief what would happen uh, in the next hour and uh, well all the politicians that were interviewed and were asked they didn't really know how to react to this election and uh, the results because they basically don't know anything about trump and about the political personnel that he's bringing into the system because usually you have designated people you know what their policies would be you maybe are in contact with them and uh, talk to them beforehand so you know what to expect if those that person is elected and this time there is no one no one knows anything about this guy and his team and they don't know how to react now that he's president-elect of the united states and um, well that's yeah. uh, the, the, the the 
position everyone is in and their reactions from the top politicians were uh, well cautious at best i guess our foreign minister steinmeier he didn't even congratulate trump when he got on camera and uh, gave a, an interview and merkel on the other hand she actually gave gave quite a good speech in my opinion and she congratulated trump as it is customary and extended an offer for cooperation with the new president but limited the offer by putting it in emphasis on common values Trump would have to respect, like democracy, freedom, respect of the rights and dignity of all people, regardless of the heritage, the race, religion, sex, and stuff like that. And um, she thereby addressed all the concerns everyone here is now having with him being the new president. Then again, the relationship between Germany and the US is already strained and has been for many years now for different number of reasons and uh, well with him being the new president everyone fears that this uh, relationship will even more deteriorate and uh, it'll also be a kind of cultural alienation between germany and uh, the u.s because now people don't think of the u.s as the best friend of germany anymore like it was uh, many years ago especially during the cold war that's that's a sentiment that's very echoed i think in finland my other country um and in France as well, the the worries about NATO, which, again, we don't know what he's going to do, but it certainly seems like there is a nationalistic view that will make the U.S. retreat from the world as an influence and a, a general power, and which is why, you know, the Kremlin is dancing laps around the, the table. They're happy that he was elected because it will give opportunity for uh, for. China and Russia to expand their their sphere of influence. And there are people who are saying, well, maybe Europe is going to ally itself a little bit more closely with Russia and, you know, we'll have to swallow our principles on, you know, gay rights, human rights, freedom of the press and little details like those. But and the world will become less of a an American empire culturally and sometimes militarily uh, military lee i guess uh but more of a america russia europe china try power and this sounds like 1984 but <laughs> um yeah, there, yeah but there's again, it's also people like assad erdogan for example yeah. or if you want to go for the democratic uh, countries le pen was happy that he won of course got wilders in the netherlands norbert hofer in austria they're all happy the all the right-wing movements are happy that trump won because they're hoping that this will give them a push-up on their uh, next election uh, in and france is... for example the presidency election over here we have uh, the uh, elections next year the austrians are re-electing their president in december i guess and get von wilders of course he wants to get uh, out of the eu with the netherlands so and, and that's i think the the i was talking about the dangers of not understanding what happened for other countries and that certainly is one because traditionally we understand the front national le pen's party as a bunch of racists, a, b a basket of deplorables, basically. Uh, that's how we look at them. And certainly, again, as is the case with the Trump uh, campaign, those people who are uh, uh, the racist fringe of our country gravitate towards that party, and certainly they don't do enough to condemn them. Uh, I think that's indisputable. But if we think that that's the only constituting parts of 
their electorate, then we can't address them properly. You know, we can't, we don't understand the problem, and so we can't fix it. And so, anyway, I'm not going to go back on that rant. Uh, Paolo, what is your take on all of this? So, um, I, I talked to a bunch of people in South Africa, and, um, you know, obviously it's big news. It's big news all around the world. Unfortunately, it fell on a very, uh, a very politically heavy news week for us as well, because there was a whole story, which maybe we get into later, about South Africa's politics on the same week. And it was kind of the side story, which is strange because it's such a big story. But um, I talked to a bunch of people and, and most the, the, the consensus I basically got from most people was they were quite apathetic to, to what was going on in the States, which is interesting because it, it, it is at a big event. And um, most people didn't feel like Trump was going to win or he was worthy of winning or whatever the case was. But I think a lot of people were surprised. It definitely made headlines when it did happen. And um, the biggest, the biggest uh, thing that people talked about here in South Africa was what, what's the knock-on effect for, for Africa? How does, how does Trump winning affect Africa and South Africa specifically? Because um, in a Hillary campaign or if, if Hillary won, I think people were – Kind of, they they would they knew that it would kind of go the same way that Obama's administration was handling things. So they they were more interested in that role because there's a lot of development going on in Africa with a lot of support from America. And um, I think the biggest fear is what happens to that now under a Trump administration, especially talking about how they're going to be focusing more on the states and not helping other countries um, and. I guess that's that's the consensus that's that's gone around in, in South Africa. Obviously, there's individuals like myself who feel more passionately about American politics, but generally, the the, the consensus are, to people I spoke about, they weren't really interested. I mean, kind of interested, but they they didn't really bo- bother to make a fuss about it, if that makes sense. Mm. Now, yeah. uh, from 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 my personal perspective, you know, I'm I'm quite heavily involved in what goes on in the States. I travel there quite frequently and um, I, I was very surprised, you know, and, and I think it's a, it's, it's definitely an indication of how wrong the polling system is in, in the United States. You know, when, when these polls come out, people kind of take them with a grain of salt, but it, it, it was so off base. And the, the real question is how can, how can people trust a system like that going forward? If there's a new election going forward, how, how can people put faith in a, in, a, in a polling system that was so heavily biased on the one side and, and not on the other? It was, it was an interesting thing to look at because in, in previous elections, it was kind of off a little bit here and there, but here it was way off. And, and, and it's a very concerning thing, you know, if that's what people base. You know, I looked at it was an interesting uh, thing I looked at was uh, the, what were the odds? What were the betting odds people put on um, Hillary and and Clinton, and I was looking at there were five to one odds that that uh, Hillary would win, um, which is interesting because that's that's where people would would put money on. You know, it's not necessarily to say that that's um, that's what I feel. I feel because what I watch the news, but people generally felt that um, Hillary was going to win that election. So it was a big shock. I think that was the biggest thing for most people, and 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 like. Um, like you were saying, the news didn't really know what to do. I mean, it was quite evident when Trump was 
blatantly winning that they didn't really know what to say because on our time when that was kind of when I woke up in the morning, seven, eight o'clock in the, in the morning, it was, um, coming, it was kind of being announced that Trump was going to be the winner. And, uh, you could see it on everybody's face, especially from a, a li- more liberal media, which is what I was watching that, uh, they didn't really know what, what was going on now. Um, I know Owen feels very strongly that this wasn't uh, an election based on race and it wasn't there's there's a lot of race factors that people are bringing into this which is not necessarily the case and what 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 a Trump presidency is all about. It, it had something to do with it. I'm just not fully on that 100% block everybody who voted for the guy system. Sure. And and I think it's a very negative way to approach the situation because I have I have a lot of friends in the states and some of them are Republican, some of them are Democratic. And it's a very different thing. And maybe you can speak to this more than I can. Owen. It's a very different thing when you go to America and you live there and you spend time with Americans, what Republicans believe, what Democrats believe, because from an outside perspective, we get a much more, I don't know, it's, it's, it's different. We, we look at it more on a democratic libertarian eyes set, whereas some of the Republicans that, I, I mean, I've, I've had two Republican girlfriends and some of the things they've told me about, I mean, I wasn't really aware of, you know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of some of, some of the financial um, benefits to being uh, a Republican versus a Democrat and, and some of the things they believe versus the Democrats. So I think it's a very one-sided thing the rest of the world gets. And um, look, race was a, was, a, was a big topic. And I, I, I know, Owen, you don't feel it, was, it should be the main topic. And there's a lot that you don't know about it because, like everybody's been saying, we don't, we don't know a lot about Trump's presidency. Um, and that's the scariest thing, right? That's the scariest thing I think for the rest of the world, for for myself especially. Is Hillary? I agree with you, um, Owen. There's a lot of things that she'd probably do that that Obama's been doing that's probably not so great, you know. But it was a known factor, you know. It, Obama took America out of a recession. That's very clear. I I, I, I find it difficult for people to. To make the debate that he didn't. He, he, but, you know, just let me interrupt you for a second. I think what we've learned now, and the reason we didn't know it, and we should have, is that the media didn't spend time in those states, if we're talking about the U.S. specifically, in those states where people are well, not out of the recession. We, we look at the well, cl- country me- as a whole, and yes, he took the country out of the recession, but not everywhere and those not everywhere are the people you know it was mainly about the economy this election and that's what we do, we didn't get those co- and, states but, but, uh, yeah go, go i ahead, think that's very sorry go ahead uh, I, I was gonna say in general journalism is is dead and dying there are far few journalists that are actually doing their jobs i watch all media i even suffer through fox media and if you would have watched fox you would have known that trump was winning because he's been winning this whole time so people let their personal bias and hate for this vile man and the stupid things he was saying and how he said he wanted to sue the media and make them all liable and they all got their butts tight and they just didn't do their jobs that's what it basically came down to, because as you said before, in other elections, it's been off a little bit, but never by this much. These people basically said, I don't like you. I'm not playing the, the game with you. And that's why they failed the American people, because they didn't keep them well and properly informed with the information that they weren't getting because they didn't want to do it because they're like, ah, who cares about this guy anyway? Who cares about those stupid people in the South? You know, you brought up earlier about the KKK supporting him. Well, guess what? 
the KKK is only like, you know, 20,000 people, whatever. But now when we keep saying the KKK supports them, every word you say that within the media gives them power. There was a rally two years ago in Delaware where the KKK had a march. It was for four hours. They came down. My, my cousin's a black cop, had to protect them. No violence, no nothing. They came out there. They spoke. Nobody showed up. They went home. But now they're planning this Trump rally march in December. And guess what? It's been on a million hits, a million views all over. the. So all these people are sitting home thinking, oh, maybe I'll check it out. Now they've got free publicity to come find out what these people are about. And that's because the media is feeding into that frenzy. Instead of just doing what Twitter did, just saying, hey, you know what? You don't talk that racist crap, you're done. The media keeps feeding it to give fear to people and giving those fear mongers power by giving them exposure in mainstream media. So uh, it's a lot. I I think what Paolo was saying is, so there are reasons to be worried about, you know, I think we've covered a little bit why people voted for him including the non-racist element, which a lot of people agree now is key. But Paolo is saying, but the danger is there for the future, right? Is that what you're saying now that he's president, Paolo? Yeah, well, that's a big concern because, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with you, um, Patrick, about the Midwest. and, And I mean, I do agree in a sense that these people are looking at this this previous election, the Obama administration, where did I benefit? Where's my, where's my, you know, doing well card? I'm not getting paid. You know, that factory that was here that was producing coal or whatever it was producing is now gone, you know, and, and those people are without an opportunity. And I, I don't agree that this is going to solve their problem because the problem, it's not, it's not, it's not going to solve it. The problem is, is because, and I feel like a lot of people voted in that way. I, I could be incorrect, but I feel like a lot of people, A, didn't come out to vote because they didn't feel like they were interested, but it's it's never a really high turnout for voters in the United States anyways. B, um, voted one, a lesser of two evils, you know, and second, they they were voting for the for the reason of, I want to benefit financially. You know, I want my life to be better. I need my life to be better because currently um, things are sucking where I'm living, whereas 10 years, 20 years ago, things were working out much better. And um, the, the problem with it is, is, is that going to, is that going to happen? And I, I don't necessarily feel that that's going to be the case. It's going to be a hard lesson for a lot of these people that that's, this is not going to solve that problem. You know? No, I, I agree. Um, I think it's probably not going to solve the problem for a lot of people, but you know, I, I think we can talk a little bit and then we'll move on about what's going to happen now and the concerns and the fears that people have, which I do think are warranted. You know, we, He's been saying, Trump himself has been saying he's very friendly to the uh, cause of the LGBTQ community. Uh, God knows what he's going to be able to do with his administration. That seems to be a lot of very much conservative Christian uh, appointees. So I don't know how friendly to that community his his administration and the laws and the policies are going to be. Uh, So I understand that concern. But at the same time... This is this becomes policy questions, and we 
this is the policy of the of the conservative movement, which was duly elected again. So I don't know how much it sucks. I disagree with it, but I don't know how much we can do about it, right? It's This is democracy. Sometimes democracy gets policies that you think are really bad, but it's it's the that's what we do instead of going to war right that's that's the way it works but the the other things that i do want to mention you know when he appointed steve bannon as chief strategist uh in the the white house steve bannon for those who don't know is uh is the uh uh person behind breitbart uh news network which is the core of the alt-right movement which very often is described as a white supremacist, a very conservative person. And I was livid because this is the moment where you think, all right, maybe Trump is not going to be as bad because we don't know what he is. Maybe he's going to be, you know, now that he's realized, I don't know if you saw his face on on the when he realized that he was going to win. I suspect he didn't think he was going to win. And now he's like, holy crap. I actually have to do this job, and I thought maybe he was going to be a little bit more to the center. Uh, actually, we still he tweeted don't know. that he was overwhelmed the night when he realized that he <laughs> actually would be president, and that's well, I'm not sure if that's a good sign if you say, well, I'm not sure I'm up to this job now that I got it. I don't think that's quite what he said, but he, he, the, the, the appointment of Bannon was one of the signs that made me think, well, crap, maybe he is, you know, in some... Uh, it, it, to some extent as extreme as as crazy as we think he is and i went out and uh read it's one article it's not maybe not uh, a representative of the entirety of bannon's worldview but to me he was the craziest of the crazies if you don't know again breitbart the exposure i have to it is a few articles that are insane to me and the um it's the home of uh, milo yanopoulos who is the face of the gamergate movement and the gamergate movement is in many ways the worst representation of trollism and uh and and uh, uh the the rejection of others. It's, I mean, it's, I really dislike the Gamergate movement and I've looked at it a lot, a, really a lot. I have an article about them on uh, patrickbeja.com. You can go check it out. It's actually a series of three articles, which I really go into depth about this. So this is my exposure to the Breitbart movement. I was, I was very, just, I, I'm going to finish quickly. I'm sorry. Uh, very, uh, uh, fearful of Steve Bannon in the White House. And I read a report on his worldview, basically, which on social issues is incredibly far from where I am. It's the exact opposite. He's, uh, you know, anti-abortion, very likely doesn't like the idea of gay marriage uh, very much. Although, by the way, Trump has said, gay marriage, it's done, it's settled, we're not going to get back on it. So already it's kind of, oh, well, okay. Uh, and but So on social issues, Bannon is the Antichrist, I think he is, if we want to put a little bit of uh, over-exaggeration on, on the description. However, on economic issues, he has a very, uh, he justifies it by basically Judeo-Christian 
morality and the role that capitalism should have in a society in that it is very much closer to the capitalism we had 30, 40, 50 years ago in the way that it should benefit society as a whole. It's not just the... um, the the pursuit of self-enrichment, what he calls crony capitalism, which is represented by the Republican establishment, he says we should, uh, capitalism should benefit society as a whole. You should have investment banks investing in, you know, companies and not just making money on securitizations, which is basically just making money out of the money you already have and not investing. And, there are caveats in all of this. I don't know that I all of a sudden think the world of Steve Bannon. I Actually, I know that I certainly don't. But, again, this is an example of when you look a little bit more deeply into this whole thing, you don't know what is going to happen. It's not uncalled for. I completely agree, and I've reflected this on Twitter many times. It's not uncalled for to be worried. But... This is one of the reasons why I'm thinking, let's take a step back and be vigilant, certainly look at what happens, but let's take a step back. And and now he's the president. Trump is the president. We have to accept it. And he's the president of the world for all intents and purposes until he pulls back American influence enough that he isn't. and let's see what he does. And if he does things that we fear he's going to do, then we'll be here and hopefully America will make its voice heard. But there are some things that, you know, he's been saying, for example, Trump has said, I want to make uh, uh, um, maternity leave mandatory. Who would have thought what Republican Party representative would have ever said that? It's so this is what I was saying earlier. Like he says things that are I, I just really want everybody to pump the brakes and wait. The Bannon thing, that bothers me a little bit. But at the same time, what you guys said to me earlier sounded interesting to me to hear somebody else's thoughts because the other thing that I like about Trump is that he said, Look, we need to renegotiate NATO. And he went and said, Hey Canada, we need to renegotiate. The Prime Minister Canada's like, Cool, let's talk about it. What the thing is, he doesn't owe all this money to lobbyists, which prevent other presidents to even say that out loud. Hillary Clinton just lost $2 billion, money from the Koch brothers, the banks, pharmaceutical companies. All those people have to reevaluate the way that they try to run America and the globe now, because just throwing money at somebody obviously isn't going to get it done. And now Trump's a scumbag. I get it. But he goes and sits in that office, and when he goes to make a deal, he's negotiating from a neutral stance. He's not negotiating from, oh, well, you paid $350,000 for that steak dinner that one night. What can I write on a check and do for you? He's going in there saying, all right. neutral standpoint, though. I, he has uh, I, certainly... I, I, biases and I'm, agendas on his, on his I, own and I, friends. I'm saying that he doesn't have the outside that she had. He's of course he's got his, the guy sitting there trying to sell $10,000 braces on a, a CBS show. Yes. He, again, I just start, I started by saying he's a scumbag. I, I get it. But at the same time, his negotiating stance is going to be different than what hers would have been and what the normal zone would have been. We don't know how he's going to manipulate that, but I just know that, uh, other people have to go to the table and play a different game with the guy now. And as far as the international part of it goes, you know, I'm, I, this sounds horrible, but I don't like being the world's big brother. 
I don't like that we're always out there enforcing our will on people and just doing what we but, want and then leaving on, others behind. Let me stop you there. Sorry. Like, I, I know what you're saying. You, America doesn't want to be, because this is the feeling I get from a lot of Americans. They're not interested in the idea of being this this world um, controlling world body. Police. America, world, world police. police, right? But the reality is America is is one of the biggest economic powers in the world. They have a responsibility. Whether you like it or not, you are the world's big brother. You have to do the right thing. And I'm not saying Trump is the wrong thing or the right thing here, but I'm saying like you, you can't look at the world and say, I'm sorry, world, you're on your own. We've got our own problems. Like nobody well, I, in this day and age can do that. I'm, I'm not saying they, you're I on your own. Can. I'm saying you should pitch in more than what they do. And what about China? We're the superpower. We owe so much money. To, China's the superpower. China owns the world. China makes everything. China, if they wanted to, I assume they hit a button and shut this whole show and the whole globe down because everything <laughs> gets made out of there. So, I mean, America being the superpower, again, it's like one of those false negatives. Yeah, I'm the superpower in credit card debt, but I don't have a paycheck that can cover this nut every week. Like, So I, I get it. And I felt, Like I said, when I heard you say it, it brought it back to me like, man, we really do like take care of like a whole bunch of stuff for people. Because every time I talk to a Republican and they tell me Bernie Sanders was a, a, a trash candidate because of socialism. I'm like, so you're Jewish, right? Yeah. Well, don't how much money do we give to protect Jews around the world every year? He's like, well, that's not socialism. I'm like, well, do we get that money back? Is it a loan? Do you guys pay interest? Or do we just funnel that money out every year and never get it back? He's like, well, at the the same time, Owen, like the, the idea, the idea that, Hey, I've got a, I've got a, like, I'm not getting paid back my money for, for putting money in over here. It's, it's, it's not the ultimate goal in, in, for me as a, as an individual, as a global citizen, like the, the idea is that the globe benefits that everybody in the world does well like i know that a lot of people get focused on their daily lives and their individual you know country state town or whatever but we all live in this world together we all share this blue marble in in the universe and and if we don't take care of it and we all say hey well i didn't get my 10 bucks back because i put in 20 like you know that that's it's not the way that it's well, we're all going to benefit. Okay, uh, so first go. of all, uh, given the appointment to the EPA, I think the the world is going to take a hit for the you know the the they have a climate change denier in charge of uh, environmental affairs in the U.S. now, which is. But by the way, the French uh, Sarkozy had a brilliant idea. He said, well, if they don't ratify the Paris Accords on the environment, maybe we're going to have to have a a carbon tax on American imports, which (laughs) would be a really interesting uh, thing to do because it is indeed a problem. And you have China lecturing. uh, Even China said it. Yeah. Yeah. Even China did it on that. (laughs) So, so. but but the, the thing about what you're saying, Matthias, is we do have to take care of it, but it's only America is really taking care of the biggest share of all of it. They are the world police, the world, and it is because they have, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, maybe. They have, they're the bigger, so they have to take care of it, and so it makes them the bigger. They also have a lot of economic advantage uh, for doing it, but Maybe they and, don't and- have to. And what happens then, I, it makes me afraid. What happens then is, I was saying jokingly earlier, Russia expands. The, uh, China expands. And I would much rather 
be under, you know, the tutelage of America than under the tutelage of Russia. And that frightens me. But it's America's choice. And again, democracy has it's not like on, on you know on those things he has said everything and it's opposite uh on multiple times but the nato thing he was pulling back from nato for a long time he was saying we don't want to be responsible for all of this if if others don't pitch in and people decided well yeah that's what that seems reasonable to me and they decided that's their prerogative again that is democracy now we don't know what's going to happen but I don't think on things like that, I think it's yeah, going to result on, on a, a worse situation, but we can't tell Americans, no, you should spend money to protect us. No, definitely let's not. Get, let's ask a poll of, hold on one second, let me go get a poll and ask Billy Bob in Bluebell, Kentucky, if he's more worried about uh, sending billions of dollars to Egypt, or if he's worried about not having infrastructure money spent in our own nation so he can have a good paying job, not just a regular job. I mean, you keep talking about all these jobs that Obama's made. Most of them are these underpaid $7.25, can't live, still on welfare jobs. So, I mean, again, we're not spending money on ourselves, but we can go on all these wars. We can go give all this money to everybody else and help them. But people, especially in the middle of the country that voted for this guy, were literally sitting there listening to a guy saying, we're out here doing all this other stuff for everybody else. We need to do stuff for ourselves. And every president says that. But the difference is he was actually talking about, hey, well, internationally, we're doing too much. We need to pull back. And And people can relate to that. And by the way, uh, again, I don't want to make it seem like all of a sudden I don't I love Trump and I think it's all going to be okay because it's certainly not my stance. (laughs) But it it could definitely not be. (laughs) But the the policy of spending money on spending state money on infrastructure is not unsound actually what a lot of people are saying is you should do it twice as much three times as much right fdr invested a huge amount to basically build up the american middle class i i think that was fdr anyway uh you you need to invest and doing it via infrastructure is one of the things Trump wants to do. That is not a bad idea. Quite the opposite. It's and maybe it was because, you know, Obama or whoever wanted to do it and the Republicans prevented him from doing it. And now they're all like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. It is frustrating. But, but let me ask you this, Patrick, like yeah. you, you're saying uh, Trump's stance and, and I do agree with Trump in, the, in that respect, like you got to fix your bridges, you got to fix the stuff that 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 helps propel your economy forward. But why are you taking it out of deals, trade deals that are helping benefit other countries, which in turn benefit you? And why don't you? Ta- and this is another whole other can of worms I'm going to open. But why don't you take it out of the immense budget that is the military budget that the United States has? I mean, that is an incredibly huge lump sum of money that the American government spends on. And why not use that money to fix your? That's well, why if they if they pull back it, in some countries and let. Putin have a party, then maybe they're not going to need to spend as much money on the military. Maybe that's one avenue that he's exploring. I don't know, but go ahead, Owen. Maybe, you maybe, were going to say something. Let's just let's just pull out of Syria and all these other places that we're here dropping bombs on. Use all that money on infrastructure. At least that'd be something. That we I, I fully agree with that military stance, but at the same time, it's also oxymoron to your point of us taking care of the planet because we can't take care of the planet if we pull back that money the reason we spend so much money is like you said it's a self-fulfilling prophecy 
We are seven times bigger than like 40 of you guys' countries combined. Why? Because literally we said you wanted to do something. You're going to do it. And Putin and Russia and China sit there and say, well, really? Do we really want to do that? Because, you know, uh, no. And that's why we have and, to keep it. So you have to spend is, it. We're buying jets that we don't even fly anymore. It, it's insane. At the, as much as I agree with the the choice of the of the american people to pull back the what we're discussing here is an increase in autocratic dictatorial regimes which is a huge concern so it does concern me but anyway okay i think we've talked about this for over an hour um I, i'll let each of you, if you want to uh, say a few words in, in conclusion, I think I've covered all of my topics. I've spoke more than m- m- any of you. Um, anything you want to add to conclude the topic of the wonderful uh, American election? Let's go to Matthias. Yes. First of all, I think um, th- the main problem is that we now have an amateur in the White House and no one is n- knows what's to expect from him. And that's what makes it so dangerous, the unpredictability. And again, for uh, the foreign affairs, the problem is no one is denying that the U.S. has the right to pull back their engagement of, all over the world. But then again, if they do, uh, they need to take in the consequences what those that pulling back actually causes. And uh, that makes a lot of countries around the world who are um, relying on protection support and whatever and whatnot by the United States afraid. And maybe now they either need to turn to someone else, for example, Russia, or they take the stance that now we need to fend for ourselves. So we need to rearm or whatever, maybe even nuclear rearmament. Um, so that's something that you need to take into consideration when you say we want to pull out. But I want to put something out there, my own little conspiracy theory regarding Trump. In my opinion, he never actually wanted to win. He never expected to win. He never wanted the presidency, really. So my little conspiracy theory is that Trump will at some point step down from the presidency and then will have a President Pence. And uh, if that's worse than Trump, I don't know, but uh, also not something I'm really looking forward. And uh, on the other hand, as a smug European, I can now say uh, all the Americans always tell us that uh, the uh, U.S. is the greatest nation on earth. Well, now you have the chance to prove it with your checks and balances. If those uh, really work, then uh, President Trump shouldn't be that much of an issue. It might be uncomfortable for you and for a lot of people and might cause a lot of problems. But uh, if those checks and balances really work like they're supposed to, then it shouldn't be permanent harm. So we'll see how this turns out. But that's just uh, something out of spite for all the we are the greatest nation in the world series out there. (laughs) I think checks and balances are incredibly important. And we can talk about the justice court and and you're right. Hopefully they do work. Um, Paolo. Um. I think the biggest concern for for myself and um, it, it is that we've gone from an, a known factor and agreed it probably wouldn't be the best factor, but we've gone from this known factor to a very unknown factor. And most people are saying, well, it couldn't get much worse. And, and my opinion is it, it can get way worse, you know, and, and it's, it's a big concern, especially living on a continent, you know, where um, the environment plays such a big factor on, on animals and, and people and the way they survive and the way they live. 
and the fact that the current U.S. administration, which is one of the largest economies in the world, will affect the globe's um, climate for years to come. It's going to affect millions and millions of people across Africa. And, and, and I, I know that people in small little town Oklahoma don't think about that, but it is a huge part of how this world gets better. And um, it's concerning. It's concerning coming from a, a part of the world where poverty is, is such a big player you know, in, in, in how we deal with life day to day. So yeah, I, 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 I wish him luck and I hope it goes well and I hope he doesn't do some of the crazy things he says he's going to do, but, um, we'll see. Owen. Uh, long live Trump, viva la Trump. Uh, Mike Pence is the, is the devil of the soul of the antichrist. That man, <laughs> whoo. Now, uh, you talk about fear. I, I'd have spoke really confident for the last hour. That man frightens me. Please, Lord Jesus, just keep that man at the VP place. Viva la Trump. Uh, secondly, um, everything's going to be okay. The the world is going to keep this man in check. I also believe he did not want this presidency. I believe he wanted to run, lose, uh, and then erase his global profile get free money sell stuff shim sham all that kind of thing but the checks and balances please president obama if you listen to this podcast on december 30th could you just sign back over all those presidential powers that you don't kept the last eight years so to make sure that this man doesn't get those powers so we can have some checks and balances because a lot of the republican um uh, Congress and Senate aren't behind Trump either. Now they're going to play the game and get in line, but they don't like the guy and they hopefully would realize that certain things are just out of control. So with the power of the world, the pressure of a man who has lived his whole life on a facade of doing a good job, I believe in my heart that he's not going to try and tank the planet or look bad in any kind of way. Hopefully he goes and gives Billy Joe Bob in Oklahoma solar panel jobs and, and, and opens factories making windmills and, 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 and doing something for the environment. I know it doesn't look like that right now. I'm just living this fantasy dream until I find out what actually happens. I can't live my day to day in fear. I heard you say you haven't slept in 10 days. Well, take a nap. Like I said, I, I've lived with racism. I've lived with poverty. I've lived with bad things and it's okay. As long as you got family, friends and uh, some candy, everything could work out and hopefully it works out for the world um yeah basically i agree i i more on i'm a little bit of all over the place i guess i agree with everything we that all, all of are. You are saying yeah <laughs> that's um and for me i i'm taking the view of we Again, I, I, I've said this before, we really need to understand what happened. And understanding what happens means seriously, painstakingly, and painfully examining what we thought was going to happen didn't, and understanding it. And probably it has to do with the role the media has played. It has to do with the frustration of a lot of people. I do think it has to do with the destruction of the middle class across the Western world. We have a much more divided society pretty much everywhere, in part because some people are much more much poorer than they were, and some people are much richer. And the solution is currently being heralded by the far right, which is bad, and the far left, 
which is bad as well. We have the representation of these frustrations in Europe through a lot of the far left everywhere in Europe. And that's not much better than the far right. So we need serious adults to take notice, understand, and we need the next round, uh, you know, in the U.S., the Democrats, they better be paying attention to B.D. Joe Bob and his problems, as well as the problems of the, you know, hipster hipsters in, in the, on the coasts. And in the case of France, it's especially uh, uh, of uh, uh, important right now because of the election. We're having the uh, Republican primaries in a couple of days here. Um And there's been a lot of concern about how that is going to go, how much to the right they're shifting. Um, but we're having an election in six months, presidential election. And I don't believe that Le Pen uh, it can become president. But I, I didn't think Brexit was going to happen. I didn't think uh, Trump was going to be president. <laughs> I do think it's a different situation again. But who knows? And if we don't... Pay attention to all of those voters who are not all racists, then we're going to have the problem again. So, yeah, take notice. The media needs to go there, understand, inform the public. I do also think that the media needs to call out all of this bullshit much sooner than they they would have needed to call out, you know, Trump before. But that's hindsight. It's 2020, right? We can't. Now, at the time, we made the best position, uh, we as a society made the best decision we could with the information we had. Trump was a joke. We didn't realize. And now we can say, oh, yeah, but we were wrong. Yes, we were. But, you know, we it's easy to realize with the information we have now. So we need to change it going forward. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's go uh, quickly and talk about local things if we have any, um, and then we'll end the show. Matthias, what happened outside of this? I'm guessing this is the main topic of conversation in, in Germany. Um, anything else happened or was this really it? There happened. A lot of things happened this week, but I guess uh, the one that's uh, the most important right now is that we are also getting a new president next year. Uh, but uh, we already know who will who it will be, even though the vote is in February. But our uh, current foreign minister Uh, Frank-Walter Steinmeier will be our next uh, president, our next Bundespräsident, uh, because uh, the uh, parties that are in the in a coalition right now in Berlin, the CDU, the CSU and the SPD, uh, decided this week that he will be their candidate. And uh, so this means that he will most likely be elected uh, in February. But, so, but the uh, president in Germany doesn't have much power, right? No, it's not like uh, the American president. He's uh, mostly a ceremonial uh, function, like uh, he has to sign every uh, new law that gets uh, into effect. He has to, uh, in theory, at least check it for if it's uh, uh, properly uh, conducted, if it's uh, came, if all the procedures were observed. And uh, then he's head of state, of course, and he also um, uh, can dissolve the parliament. So those are mostly ceremonial functions, but uh, basically there's a, a term for him in German, Grüß August. So he's the guy who's waving all the time, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's mostly uh, ceremonial things he's doing. But then again, uh, it's kind of a problem that they chose uh, Steinmeier for uh, the reason that he 
he is a, the foreign minister right now in office. So while this is not unheard of, uh, it's kind of a bad time to replace your foreign minister in a political climate like this with uh, everything going on in the EU and now with the US. And uh, so that might be a problem. And uh, also, um, while he's very popular with the people and a lot of people like that he is nominated for this office, he was the chief of the Chancellery during Gerhard Schröder's uh, uh, time in office in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And as such, he was one of the architects of the uh, of significant social reforms. They were called Agenda um, 2010. And those calls caused a lot of problems, uh, which uh, make him kind of a target for uh, especially the left uh, of the political spectrum right now. And uh, also, there is he is another old white male who gets elected into office. And a lot of people say, well, I let why not a woman, for example, or why do you have to choose again a politician of all the people? Why not something someone from the outside who can represent uh, the country instead of a politician like him? But then again, uh, the vote is in February. The Bundesversammlung, so the election body who elects the Bundespräsident, has a lot of other people beside uh, the members of the parliament in it. So there will be other candidates, but most likely he will win the election. You know what? Maybe Trump will go there and get elected. Who knows? That's <laughs> Please, we, we... no. Please, no. <laughs> All right, Paolo. He's the it's... exact opposite of Trump. He's uh, intellectual. He's polite and everything you need as a diplomat. He's, so he's the exact opposite of Trump, which in, <laughs> if you think about it, which is also nice that he is now the head of state and he will have to... Uh, go over to the U.S. and meet Trump as the president of the U.S., which would be interesting meeting, I guess. So we'll, we'll look forward to that. Yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of interesting meetings in the next four years. <laughs> um, Paolo, what happened in South Africa that was interesting? So we, had, like I said at the beginning of the show, we, we actually had a very busy news week, uh, the the. Um, when Trump was announced as president. And um, I'm going to try to keep it short because uh, it's, a, it's a very long, convoluted story. But essentially, um, the light version of it is that um, in, in South Africa, we have something that's called the public protector, who is an independent state institution that's um, they will investigate any allegations of maladministration so their their job is to if they hear that somebody's doing something wrong they're going to go investigate and that, that's their only job you know so um they uh, have already investigated the president and it was found he was found guilty for putting his money into building some extravagant parts of his house and you know it was a, it was a big to do and it's it's hurt him very badly politically and uh, it's played out he got found guilty at constitutional courts and it's been a big story um and what recently came out is there's a new report against him called um the state capture report which essentially highlights how a wealthy family has been indicating and and um uh, making the government make certain moves and decisions in um in how the government operates and who they choose to to spend money on contracts and and buy coal from and it's a very very convoluted uh, conversation but essentially they it was brought out and uh, it's in the public eye now and we're waiting to see how that's going to play out okay is that 
like the kind of scandal that could unseat him or it's unlikely you know the 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 power that he seems to hold in his office is it, because the problem in south africa is we you know in the states they have a, their own problem with their with their um their politics where it's a two-party system in south africa we, we still kind of have a one-party system where one party controls the majority of of the parliament and is the presidency and and um we're slowly slowly gaining momentum in other parties but we're not at a position yet where the parliament has um doesn't have a majority in one um in one party and they keep they keep him in power because it was brought there's been two votes of impeachment that's been brought to parliament and they were both shot down so it's it's unlikely at this stage because the current party doesn't know what to do because he's clearly bleeding them dry in terms of votes but they also don't want to let him step down because as it seems he's greased too many palms and now they don't know what to do that sounds like a situation that could be remedied by trump going to south africa and getting <laughs> elected there I think that's going to be my recurring joke to everything. The president of South Africa, he's black, right? Yes. Um, I consider him black Trump. We don't don't need Trump to go there. He's already black Trump. He's the (laughs) pre-Trump of the things you don't want Trump to do. Oh, he's got Trump Towers building the White House over again. Like, you know what I mean? Like that guy in South Africa, he's a gangster. And you you could be you sound real upset about Trump. You got your own problems in your own backyard. That dude's a sociopath. Okay? I, I know I know a little bit about that dude. That dude is like a criminal mastermind. I, he he's probably selling small children in Australia somewhere for fishing <laughs> license. I don't, that dude's got his hand in everything that's corrupt. Like I don't think he's ever done anything legal in his life. And he sounds just like Trump. I'm very smart. I'm very good. People, the people love me. I am. I, I no 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 no. I forgot you down there in South Africa with that Looney Tune. Woo! That's Black Trump down there, boy. The only benefit, the only benefit to to that story is that the, the majority party loses votes to some other parties, so they start to come up instead of having just a one party system. So as as the country suffers, we seem to gain momentum in other areas. So we're all crossed our fingers, hope that it all doesn't burn, but. We'll see what happens. Well, you know what? As America is going Hopefully. towards dictatorship, South Africa is slowly, slowly building a democracy. <laughs> That's a wonderful <laughs> parallel. Yeah. Um, anything uh, you want to add, Owen, before we close the show? I don't know if there's anything else uh, to say. but uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in Jersey, so locally for me, uh, Krispy Kreme, Chris Christie, just got kicked off of um, Trump's transition team. And people don't know about Chris Christie. This man, again, just a corrupt guy. He has bankrupt the teacher's uh, pension, the police pension, the fire pension with his Wall Street buddies where they got paid fees four times the amount of any other governor in any other time period. And he has bled them dry on prospects and stuff in the market that they have not had a return on. So – I was hoping that Trump was going to take him so that we could get somebody else in there. But it also makes me feel good inside that he turned him down because now he's about to get prosecuted for some dubious, stupid things that he did. 
So locally for me, I'm just trying to get a new governor, have legalized weed, get this tax revenue up so everybody can start making money. I don't smoke weed, but I think it should be legal everywhere because it's the only thing that's going to help this American economy. And then we can start giving money to the world. I really don't care about giving money to the world. It's just like when you give money to homeless people or to charity, it's fine if you got it. But when you don't got it, you're not to, like that's just like sitting at home and you come home to five children and they say, Dad, where's dinner? Well, there's a homeless guy out there on the street, uh, and he hadn't eaten, so I gave him our food. So what are we supposed to eat? Well, I don't know. Like, that's how it feels to me. So I, f- I feel like if we do better for ourselves, the middle of the country, regular people, not even just middle country. I-, I live in New Jersey. There's people out here struggling, too. But if we do better for ourselves, then I really don't care what we do for the rest of the world. I just want us to do a little bit better. I don't know if Trump's going to do that for me necessarily. Like I said, I said legalized weed. Weed's going to do that for us. We Everybody spend money on weed. That's, that's good revenue for itself. <laughs> but uh, I just want us to do better so that the world does better. And you know what? If you heard what Owen was just saying and you your initial thought was, oh, it's more complicated than that. It's not equivalent. You can't say that. Then I think this is the reason why Trump got elected, because you refuse to understand the concern, the the valid concern of a portion of the population. And until we all acknowledge that this is a concern, whether or not it's, it's real and accurate and, you know, facts don't matter, I keep saying, and reality doesn't seem to come into effect, I think I'm now starting to understand feelings are not always based on reality and whether or not reality <laughs> is there then you still need to have to deal with the feelings and react according to those feelings to an extent if you refuse to acknowledge the the those feelings then you're not going to understand how people live and how people vote and that is a problem too um All right. The the Uh, biggest thing is we just need to talk to each other like in this forum, like talking to other people and hearing somebody outside the country or in the middle of the country or wherever or having a black friend or having a Muslim friend or having a a gay friend. Like the perspective is what we all need. And that's why I'm not advocate of just blocking friends and unfriending people. They have a different opinion. I need to understand and listen to their opinion because they're not living the life that I'm living. We need to see other people's perspectives and and take that in. You know, I you're saying we need a black friend, we need a gay friend, a Muslim friend. And I think those are commonly accepted uh, friends that we need. But if this this election taught us anything is that we need a Billy Bob friend. We need to... I got... (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we need a Billy Bob friend. So there you go. That's my conclusion. Um, I could talk about the French election. I'm not going to. It's underway and it has a lot of moving parts and uh, certainly the Trump election impacted that, but we'll have time to talk about it later. Uh, We'll have a Republican uh, nominee for the primaries uh, at that point, so it will be more interesting as well. Um, But yeah, that is going to be it for us. Uh, before we close down the show, though, I did want to mention a comment on a previous episode uh, by a listener called Sharon, who said uh, most of these people, she was talking about uh, something else, but most of these people have never met anyone that isn't just like they are. They truly cannot see the issues and concerns that other demographic groups experience. And... I think that speaks, that summarizes what I was trying to to say um, 
about about this whole process. So again, we need a Billy Bob friend and thank you, Sharon, for um coming on the the blog to say this. I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh the show as a whole in a second, but before we do that, I do want to give an opportunity to uh the co hosts to uh let us know where we can find them if they have some sort of presence on the internet. Uh Matthias. Yeah, if you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Matsukul, which will be in the show notes as well. I'm always looking for new people to talk to. So if you want to do that, you can just hit me up there. I would also plug Google Plus, but uh, to be honest, I'm not even using that anymore myself. So I guess (laughs) it is really dying. So just hit me up on Twitter then. Twitter. There you go. Uh, Paolo. Um, You can find me on Twitter at uh, Josie Paolo um, and on Instagram at the same handle. Excellent. Thank you very much. Owen, what are you up to on the internet? Um, I'm O-Doctor everywhere. O-H-D-O-C-T-A-H. Also, you can find my podcast at IQMZ.com. The main one I'm not being lazy on right now is DocTales, where I interview people once a week and talk about the world and anything that's going on, having fun on the internet. Excellent. And that will be in the show notes. The uh, iTunes, uh, the iTunes, the uh, Twitter handle will be on the show notes, <laughs> of course. Uh, as to me, you know, I'm not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, and we do have a Patreon for this uh, wonderful show at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. And uh, we did reach the 500 bucks goal uh, a few days ago, which made me incredibly happy and, and thankful for uh people you know to get i i was at blizzcon those of you who know what that is it's a a gaming convention uh that took place at the beginning of the month and i got a lot of people come to me uh, and tell me how much they appreciate this this show and it did mean the world really there were you know a bunch of people especially a couple of uh young women after the overwatch panel we did they'll know who they are um it was really heartfelt and it's always difficult to gauge how people feel about things uh that you do on the internet there's a little bit of a disconnect even if we do interact on twitter and other uh, avenues other outlets but people coming to me and telling me that they appreciate the show, what we're trying to do here. And as always, you know, we get so much of trying to convince people of things. And in this show, we try to at least listen to other people. And if if this year has proven anything, is that we need more of this. And the fact that people appreciate what we're trying to do here and let me know on Twitter, on Facebook, and, and in person when we meet. And quite frankly, I am a dirty capitalist by supporting the show financially. Uh, it means a lot. It, it It's not an easy show to do. It really isn't. Uh, not just because it's hard to put together, but also because it occupies a large portion of my mind. And I, I maybe it doesn't seem like it, but I think about it a lot. I, I try really hard to do the best job I can. And again, it's not always easy. This episode, probably more than most, kept me awake a lot of the time. Um, as I was saying, not just because the events are important for the world, but because I think this show is the way I try to contribute to bettering the world. And and now we certainly need that kind of, of expression. Of, and at a time when media 
to an extent fails us, this is what we have. And, and your support is immensely important to me. So again, I just wanted to say thank you very much, uh, you know, voicing your support and, and spending money on me is incredibly humbling and I'm very thankful. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please do come and let me know what you thought uh, at frenchspin.com on the article for this episode uh, or on social media. Thank you very, very much to uh, the co-hosts that were here today. Uh, thanks Matthias, uh, Paolo and Owen uh, for engaging in an open and honest conversation. I hope Hope we did a good job for the audience. And uh, regardless, we will be back uh, next month for the next one. We'll keep doing this. Thanks a lot. See you then. All right. Thank you, guys. That I think was... we have an episode title. We need a Billy Bob friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we there could we put go. that on a t-shirt for sure. Go ahead, Owen. I'm going to spend the rest of the day thinking about the rest of the world and how people feel. Because like I said, I, I'm very in touch with the Billy Bob friend. In America, I got it locked down. I got friends from all walks of life. I deal with everybody. And, and like I said, I got people yelling at me on both sides. So I know that I'm right. Because like, I can <laughs> see both perspectives. And I know that like one person's yelling at me like, you're a Trump or you're a Hillary. I'm like, uh, I voted for Gary Johnson. I just <laughs> <laughs> like it's not, you know. So, uh, it, But it is nice to hear other perspective because when you hear somebody say it, it's person, all I think of is we just throw all this money out the window to the rest of the world. And I know the world needs it. I, I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I'm like, look, how about we just cut the money in half? Because like I said, they're not going to cut the military budget in half because we got people just sitting in Germany and in France on bases that like uh, – but I wouldn't think of Russia coming in or China coming in. I'm thinking China just wants money. They're not going to like roll into Germany. But I don't know. I don't live there. You know? <laughs> So yeah. it's nice to hear somebody else's perspective on that I worry think, or concern. Yeah, I think for, for a couple of months, it's okay to think of, of yourself for a little bit, just for a little bit. You're, you're, <laughs> you have our permission for that, for that period. Then we'll, you know, we'll talk again and we'll, get, we'll yell at you, at you at that point. But you've, you've earned a couple we got, of we got to We got to survive with Trump, so we got to figure it out. But again, like I said, the thing I was saying earlier is, again, like when you talk about the recession, Obama jobs, like my people of my ilk and my color and, and minorities, the recession didn't matter. We weren't wrapped up in the stock market. We we could barely buy a house in general because black people can't get loans. Like It's just insane over here when you live here and you sit and then people talk about the economy like we don't make any money anyway. We're making it. You know, we're poor, but again, it's just so deep and convoluted in how you think about stuff. And when I look at the rest of the world, I'm like, well. How, how bad could it be? They're just over there hanging out. Brexit, did London implode yet? Like, I heard about the whole Brexit thing, but did, did London burn? Like, did, did aliens come down and just suck up England or something? Like, they're still okay, right? Like, what's... Well, I don't, I don't think I don't think any serious people... Some people are saying it's going to be the end of the world, but it does have consequences. I do think that Trump 
is going to have less negative imp- impacts than than Brexit. Brexit is, you know, a long-term thing. Trump, if worse comes to worse, it's going to be two years or four years, maybe eight years. But if, things, if shit really hits the fan, it's going to be two to four years, right? So I don't think it's as bad. But what you were saying earlier really... It was really interesting that this idea that you know we're all like, oh my god, it's so terrible, and and this is horrendous, and we're and you're like, dude, it's been horrible for us forever. What are you talking about? Like now you're <laughs> discovering the problem? <laughs> Fuck you! And I completely get yeah. that now, which I didn't before, and that is that's important as well. You know, it's that admitting that yeah, there was I, something. I have, like you said, I have a different there. perspective on that. Like I said, again, I got white friends that are arguing over me, fighting for me. I'm like, you're both my friends. It's okay. But other people just start, oh, and I never realized that racism was, people were like that. I'm like, how did you, I've been, you ain't been seeing my post. You ain't been hearing my, I've been telling you. And we got a, we got a African as a president. That's the other thing that bothers me the most thing about the world. I, I never call him a black president. I said it on here because I didn't want to get into it, but I, I always call him a, a African. You know, his mother was white. He was raised by white people. He is more white than he is black. But that's how how polarizing being black is. He's just known as the first black president. Now, when Michelle becomes president, she'll be the first black president. She's a thoroughbred. She's like a purebred. But him, he was raised by white people. They called him Barry. He went to heart like he's like the whitest black guy he could get. But he's just a black. Everybody's so mad. I'm like, you know, he's got so a he black name raised by white people. He wasn't very representative uh, he was, of the black culture he, in America. You know. He he could not do it. If he did, he would have been assassinated or he wouldn't have got reelected. There's a lot of things that being the first, quote unquote, black guy, you can't get a hippie hoppity or uppity or next thing you know, <laughs> you're a thug. And you, you know what I mean? All the perceptions that come along with that. So he did a very baseline, again, did what presidents do. And I hope to God that's what Trump does. I hope that somebody around him and again, generals, people that are actually in control of things that could ruin and end all our lives will say, sit down, kid. The aliens told us what to do. This is how we got to get it done. <laughs> and he's going to say, sure, you know, maybe maybe screw up a couple little things. But just as again, his mindset, he's a he's a he's a megalomaniac. He wants his name on things. He wants to pursue power and strength and success. I don't think he's going to try and run everything into the ground. He wants the title because he just wants he, to look good. Yeah, he wants the title. He, he wants, wants to look to be good. President. He doesn't necessarily want to go out and make policy, I, and you know, I, I agree with you that, and 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 I do agree with you, Owen. Like life in America is hard. People think that, like you know, the problem is. I was talking to somebody today about it, and they were like, "Oh, but life looks so so good in America." I'm like, "Yeah, it's hard. Like it looks good, but and that's only in some parts. In other parts, like it's rough. Like it's it's hard to live in America. I mean, I, I've done it, and, and I know it's difficult." All right. I've slept in my car. I grew up poor places, so I know that like having money and not having money. And again, I also know that compared to people living in huts or in dirt things in Africa, we're, we're doing great. <laughs> you know, so well, that's, it's a that's catch twenty two. See, right? That's a, that's the thing. Like we do in in South Africa, we do seventeen billion dollars worth of trade to America for the entire year. You guys, like that's that's like nothing money for your military or, or other aspects. That's why people look at it as such a big like. Oh well, if you got money to spend on that, why don't you throw some change over yeah. here? You know, and, and and it's a difficult position <laughs> to be in. You know. Yeah, Don't complicated, complicated uh, discussion. Maybe it would be worth having at some point as well. But so, mu- so many things to talk about. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.